Well, now now uh, now Microsoft has finally launched their own ripoff of Scrabble. So uh, that's what I'm playing now. Should be what everybody's doing these days. Oof, ripping off Scrabble. Well, that's a, oh, that doesn't <laughs> see. The, that's what I also hate about these things is that like their voices, the voices, all that carries these things, and they the, the voices don't sound like them. <laughs> <laughs> What? They ripped off Disco Duck, which was ripping off them anyway. And Macho Man. They're uh, they're ripping off Macho Man and Disco Duck at the same time. Yeah, I'm not not buying Donald as a Macho Duck. I'm so happy with this episode. He's surly and defensive. Michael wants to record. Yeah, we've been recording. What? Uh, Hey, everybody. Hey everybody! What in the world? This oh. is uh, Cape Crisis. In other news. Pod- no, that's not the right button. Come on! Oh. <laughs> hey everybody! Uh, it's uh, it's Cape Crisis, that podcast about comic books, uh, sequential arts, graphic novels, all of that good stuff on the Laser Time Network. Chris is into the hard liquor now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was a good. Well, you're drinking it fancy. What is that? Aren't those all it the is- same thing though? It is uh, whiskey from Wisconsin, a Ooh. gift, a whiskey Christmas gift. Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, from, special uh, person. From the spe- I think I know who that might be. This is I, great radio, by the way. <laughs> yes. We can't talk about it. I'm Henry Gilbert, the host, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Please, I just need 25 more followers and then I'll be It hasn't happened yet? 500 I'm finally going to start following you. Hey, what, I, how many I, are you at now, sir? Twenty-four seventy-five. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm definitely gonna tweet about this. Thanks, Stan Lee. He's Boy. on your side. He knows like what Twitter is. Yeah, so you can ask his second assistant to follow you on Twitter. <laughs> I feel like most episodes have started with you playing that quote. I love it. <laughs> and that person who's playing the quote is my regular co-host, Christopher Co-host Antista. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> Also abusing the soundboard right now. Sorry, we had a great laser time uh, last week. Hey, you're bathing disco in the excitement. Dude, no, dude, nobody likes it. I put, hey, kids, disco. Like, it was dead. The genre was dead before I was born, too, but this is hilarious. <laughs> Should I introduce myself? Please. Yeah, should well, I be anonymous? No. And then we have our third guest, first time in a while, Michael Raparez. Wikiparas on Wikiparas. Twitter. Yes. W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Mm-hmm. In our most recent, uh, we had a fun email exchange recently where you w- did wikiparas somebody. Oh, I wikiparas people all the goddamn time. Yep. It's what I do. I just don't see it as much as I used to. It's probably because you're so knowledgeable now. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to get me. No. It can happen to Hank. <laughs> not making uh, any, any errors, nope. factual or grammatical. Too perfect. Jesus, yep. I can't imagine what life would be like if I stopped making those. <laughs> oh, you just would, uh, cake. You, just cake. Lose. So much content. I was going to say created. you'd lose much of your style. In yeah, yeah. Is, that my, is that my style? <laughs> your style is mistakes mm. and grammatical errors. Your style is giving editors a reason to yeah, be my employed. mother's style of birth. <laughs> Steaks. Uh, uh, guys, this is a comic book podcast. Enough indeed, of the preamble. Allegedly. Uh, so we start with how we often start, which is what you've been playing. Uh, whoops, I mean reading. Whoops, the daisy. Uh, no, but, no, what have you been reading, guys? Um, I can. Uh, I don't know how to phrase this without sounding stupid. And okay. uh, again, I, I, I have been trying to read more DC, but for some reason, I got caught up on finishing Ultimate Spider-Man. Finishing the... Because I don't believe I've read the... a run that long, I don't think I've ever read the entire run of something. There's pretty much... In in the current age, there aren't runs that long. Yeah. You just don't have... Runs that are like if you can't every Bendis written issue like it's over it's over 120. Like, it's well over that actually. Yeah. 150. Well, that's the confusing part. Uh, uh, 133 looks looked like I I bought Ultimatum, which, that awful series. Which between you and me, a certain person who likes Spider Man who sometimes appears in this program <laughs> thought that was the last. issue of Ultimate Spider-Man because it's stupid and confusing (laughs) issue 1 through 33 of Ultimate Spider-Man Spider-Man's never stupid and confusing but it's like I I had to I had to do way more research to finish the comic 
So the, that's when he was presumed dead and Aunt May found his mask, right? Aunt May found his mask and at the end of 133 Ultimatum, they pick up Captain America digs the body of Peter Parker out of the rubble and he opens his eyes. Yeah. And I think a certain person uh, had thought that was the last issue and that he was just dead because it, you know, it was highly publicized that he was going to die, maybe oh. even at that point. Then they relaunched with Ultimate Comics. Ultimate Comics colon Spider-Man. Ultimate Comics colon Spider-Man. Um, issues one and at the issue 15 they decided let's not relaunch <laughs> and so it picks up again at 150 mm-hmm. Jesus. and one one through 15 are not available anywhere huh. for sale that's odd only the the like uh, 8 10 issue death of spider-man arc which is great and I don't think I've been that emotionally moved. It's a great finale I, to Peter Parker's life. I don't know why I but from the beginning that comic particularly appealed to me. I think certain things we accept and find difficult about Peter Parker's life are much more believable when he's constantly a teenager. Yeah. It's hard to think of him as a sad sack schlub. Even you have a full time job at a newspaper. Like mm-hmm. Well, it's freelance, though. It's hard to make ends meet. It's freelance. Yeah, not really full-time, although he has written books. He's written books. Of photos about Spider-Man. Books. Yeah. So and his 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 only real talent as an author is exploiting his secret identity. And, mm-hmm. and then and even in modern issues, like, oh, this is a good picture, Parker. I'll give you 500 bucks for it. The last thing any of you as professional writers would pay five hundred dollars to write anything. Well, we also don't write for a failing metropolitan <laughs> newspaper. Yeah, yeah, we, we have were, more readers. If we were <laughs> writing for the third biggest newspaper in New York City, I think we'd get paid five hundred. They're the for third a photo. biggest. Well, I'm saying in that universe, it's, it probably goes uh, New York Times, Post, the Daily Globe, then the Daily Bugle. They're bigger than the Post. Okay, I, I guess to the Post. This. I refuse to believe this. The Post, and then the Bugle, and then I put the Globe. Am I talking too loud? No. Listeners, tweet me right now. We're doing this live. <laughs> um, also. But, yeah, I read a dick ton of Ultimate Spider-Man mm-hmm. and um, almost cried on a train uh, <laughs> when Peter Parker died with a fantastic last line. I'm like, I did it. Didn't you see me? I couldn't mm-hmm. save Uncle Ben, but I saved you, Aunt May. It's right after Aunt May blasted Electro in the chest with a couple of magnum shots from a fucking magnum. <laughs> nice. Just a great... Great, great ending. Like, yeah. but, but a shitty death. A truly well, shitty death. It was one of those ones that he didn't have to die. He could have. He didn't have to save I think his it, family. But he, it was it was a preventable death if he didn't want to save his family. If he didn't want to save his family, and then like they also, it's just weird to me in that universe. Punisher killed Spider Man. No, he put a hole in him. But it was it was green. No, Goblin. it says I. There's after the. Uh, after a hundred issue one sixty, I didn't read the one the requiem. The, no, beyond ultimatum requiem. No, I meant uh, the, the the one that's the funeral in the wake. Yeah, I, I actually am forgetting what it's, it's not coming to me right now. Ultimate Fallout. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate Fallout uh, by Hickman, uh, mostly I think. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just states that he from the gunshot wound he eventually died of because Aunt May comes up to uh, Steve Rogers in the tabernacle. Parker's Jewish, right? Uh, Synagogue. Yeah, kinda, I think he's supposed to be mainstream Protestant. I, it's up in the air. Why honestly. did you answer that seriously? Well, no, that's why we call him Ricky Parras, everybody. I've no, no, no. I hey, was wait, only half paying attention. Don't hit that button yet. <laughs> I don't have it. It's okay. Well, because he's also. I've read uh, more than a couple essays by Jews. Who's <laughs> Jews? <laughs> All right, Pat Robertson. Nice, nice enunciation there. No, I've read several essays by Jewish writers who allege that Peter is. Like Jewish in uh, in spirit, like he was. Uh, Steve Ditko is not a Jew. One of the mm-hmm. fi- he was actually one of the few non-Jews working in Marvel and DC at the time. So he got to use his real last name. <laughs> yes. So, but because, of, but like, uh, you know, Parker grows up in Forest Hills, Queens, mm-hmm. which is at least at the time. I can't say it for now, but in the sixties was a predominantly Jewish area mm-hmm. in, in Queens, and. Aunt May, the doting... Now it's mostly Haitians and Martians. <laughs> and Aunt May, the doting aunt, is definitely like, that's a... Oh, my little boy. My yeah, little that, that's, a, that's a Jewish stereotype, though it is also, or, or tradition. But he, he does he does but. use words like tukus. Yeah, and, well, that depends on the writer. Bendis is a Jew. Bendis. And, Slot, and also Dan Slott is mm-hmm. a Jew, and they... 
I think they play that up a little. You know, it does sound weird when you say it like that. Henry, I don't want you to do that anymore. Like there's the there's Louis C.K. joke about this about that it's 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 the it's it's the name. It's what you call yeah, they're Jews. No, I Jews. know that's a, that's the argument of like it gets thrown around I negatively see. for so long. You yeah, can't say I, it. I love mm. Jews. <laughs> I love them. It's all in, it's all in the diction. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Kinky Friedman who said that in Texas, there uh, Jewish is actually fewer syllables than Jew. And it's, uh, it's like Jewish and Jew. Jewish <laughs> is also a noise that Spider-Man makes with his hand when he punches people. Ah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. why recently I read a Spider-Man story that was. It was basically. I didn't know it at the time. I read it, but it would. It came out um, three months before the big status quo change for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So it was clearly written as like the last Peter and Aunt May story for a while. Mm-hmm. And so in it, there's a scene of, like, Uncle Ben's funeral, which they'd never really shown before. And it was in a specifically Christian church with, like, a cross behind them. I was like, this feels weird. I really, I considered them Jewish now. I don't like that they're implying they're they're So it's only sad that, like, Jews don't care that it's in a Christian church. But Christian people who read comics would care that it would be in a synagogue. Well, they, for them to get specific, like, for the longest time... They never said the thing was Jewish, even mm-hmm. though he one hundred percent. He was always written to be Jewish mm-hmm. by by Jack Kirby. Kirby created him as a Jewish character. Well, I mean, he's basically a golem. So yeah, he's one hundred. He's one hundred. Yeah, he's one hundred percent a golem. He's from the he's from the mean, tough streets of the Depression era. Really, <laughs> he's a newsie, uh, basically. But. Uh, and he talks like Jimmy Durante, though. That I guess that's really. I gave the, the, gave the Fantastic Four movies a lot of crap for that, but the thing is, Ben Grimm has always felt forty years older than the rest of the group. Yeah, yeah. From a different era. Though that's why, but so he's he is Jewish. They so they finally let him come out as Jewish, <laughs> like in a two thousand four comic. Come out of the yarmulke. How do we say but, this? But though the people here's the definitive proof. People said that he was Jewish. The Jack Kirby. Like uh, like Stanley was always been iffy about it, but yeah, Stanley has also been always iffy about his Judaism. I'm a company like, man. He's not, he's not the most like proud Jew in the world. Hi, I'm so. Stanley. <laughs> proud Jew. I can't believe I have that on there. Uh, <laughs> Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> but in Jack Kirby's in Jack Kirby's home, he had a drawing uh, that uh, that he he did, and he put it up on the wall mm-hmm. of the of the thing. Dressed as a rabbi overseeing a seder, and it was uh, that's awesome. Sounded really awesome. I wish somebody had a picture of that, but it's not there. So anyway, everybody, Jews. everybody who had it in their homes is now blacklisted. Kami, <laughs> that was, what was podcasting it? from the wrong decade. What was that? I read. Uh, I read somebody trying to defend that uh, that Disney Walt Disney mm-hmm. was not anti-Semitic, no, but he was definitely incredibly paranoid of socialists and. Many of the socialists he did not like were Jews. Um, well, I think I, I think that, he wasn't a Nazi, but he was an anti-Semite. Never no, he, I heard that. no anti-Semite because, like, he was—he's basically an Aspie man who just liked to work. Aspie? <laughs> Don't make me explain it. Waspy? No, no, no. Asperger. No. Oh, like he was a, a workhorse who liked to work, and when people go on strike and unionize. Which at mm. that time was synonymous with so- the socialist movement. Right. Unlike now, he, and, and like it, it yeah, unlike now, and it, and it happened back then. Like production was shut down, and like he fucking hated that. Like yeah. I thought what we were he wanted to keep fairly. making his cartoons. He's, he wasn't even like one of those uh, uh, people lording over all the money. Like the dude poured money back into other things mm-hmm. to keep himself broke, and the company broke to keep making shit. Yeah, that's why. So for people to strike because mm-hmm. they wanted more money was like totally what the fuck, really. We're making stuff over here. <laughs> These silly symphonies ain't gonna silly themselves. <laughs> I'm not gonna make this tree dance alone. <laughs> make it sillier. <laughs> Alice ain't gonna. The, the, I told you a thousand times. Put a clothespin over his mouth, then he can't talk. I don't have to pay the artist. <laughs> Boy, we've gone way off track. Silly man, shit up or I'll shoot your dog. <laughs> Other than Ultimate uh, Spidey, it's that a great was, Disney. Uh, I, I know, I know, I was. I know, I, I've read more of Death in the Family, but it's 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 all sort of like overshadowed by mm-hmm. how okay. Ultimate move. And I can't wait to like go in the first couple issues of uh... Fuck, and it still irritates me. I was really enjoying um, Wolverine and the X Men and Ultimate Comics Spider Man Volume Two with the morale. I love. I 
think mm-hmm. Spider-Man becomes more interesting. And the reason why it was interesting in the first place is because of his age and because the world's against him. That works way better when he's not paying his own rent. Yeah. And like just now that Morales is a biracial 13-year-old, like mm-hmm. it's he's got way more hardships than Horizon Labs Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, though I've read a theory that this whole superior thing is, is meant to ultimately at the end when Peter takes back over mm-hmm. his brain, he'll be hated by everybody again. Mm. The Doc Ock will ruin his reputation. He'll be back it in charge. Seems and everyone will hate. Yeah, he'll make a deal with Mephisto to mm. uh, come back to life, but Definitely. sacrifice his reputation. Well, no, the whole point is that Spidey can't uh, yeah. can get those chicken fingers he actually wanted to order instead of the lobster <laughs> thermidor. <laughs> so specific. I did not get that. <laughs> eh, it's just something awful reference. I'm sorry. <sighs> Carry on. Uh, man, what did I read? Uh, I definitely... Uh, Something dumb so in Marvel because you don't read DC because you're a Marvel fanboy and you're making this whole... Sh- you're dragging this whole show down with your Marvel... I did read uh, Captain Marvel oh. some more of that. The, the lady comic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I, I, I like, uh, you know, there really are no strong female characters that get to lead a book anymore. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my one of my favorite things at the start of the book of the uh, in the first issue, is she points out that she outranks Captain America in the army. Like that she, she said, well he has the he has the rank of captain. Technically, my rank is whatever is above a captain. And, uh, major Commodore. Major, sure. I, yeah, I think she is. Yes, he's Major Danvers. Is her name? Uh, oh, her. Carol Danvers. Yes, Carol <laughs> Danvers. That's right. You finally you finally catch on fuck are you talking about now you're catching up uh, talking down to me again i'm gonna quit this show <laughs> well uh then i also read uh, another of the new avenger or no regular avengers mm-hmm. that came out during avengers versus x-men mm-hmm. and i didn't like it as much and it's because they had art by walt simonson Uh-oh. and walt simonson was one of the best auteurs of the 80s uh of comics, like he wrote some of the best, best comics. Like Amazing what? run on Thor. Mm. Uh, in the nineties, he had a pretty good run with his wife on uh, mm-hmm. on Ma- on Superman. But he's not; he's an old guy. He shouldn't be drawing a monthly book. It, it's just his art isn't there, and and people should be just telling him. Like, it's the same with like Neil Adams and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Howard Chaykin. These guys were... He's not... He's like my dad's Or John age. Byrne. Like, uh, my dad wants to work. He was forced into retirement. But artists, especially, you get enough pencil mileage, you're, you're not the artist you used to be. Your lines get loose. You're, you, it, it's, it, it's the same thing happened to fucking Charles Schultz. Yeah, it happens to every artist. Toward the end. Yeah. It happens to every artist. Unless you just hire people to draw for you like Jim Davis, your art deteriorates. <laughs> I think you mean pausing. What was it? What was it? Uh, Evan Dorkin said, "Here's the world famous flying ace drawn like shit by an artist past his prime." Yep. Damn, Dorkin. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Dorkin would he, he'd say that about himself too, but Dorkin oh, is true. a pretty big asshole. But that it's kind of his thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's what I love about it. One of my favorite. You know, I've only, uh, but I've only read Milk and Cheese. You should read Dork, which was really yeah, I know. I have it's fantastic. Dork was uh, like a random sketch comedy show, mm-hmm. basically. And he, mm-hmm. One of my favorites was a one-panel strip called How to Get Sued. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that, that was it, actually. Yeah. It was like How to Get Sued, and it was Snoopy sitting there. And then it's like followed up by a panel, and it's like, ah, that was actually more like How to Get Hate Mail. And it's like a drawing of him running from a crowd of angry people. Like, <laughs> yeah. how dare you? Schultz is a saint! <laughs> Are you a Sparky? You don't fuck um, with Sparky. One of my favorites was it uh, was Two-Face, and he had just finished flipping his coins like, that decides it. Tonight, Tarvi Dent fucks men. <laughs> uh, and, of course, the classic Mickey Mouse going, God damn it, uh, I fucking hate kids. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. God, that comic is so fucking good. The, I I loved uh, the um, the devil hand puppet. That was so oh, yeah, fucking yeah. funny. This is so, so erudite and urbane. Yeah, yeah. And the Eltingville Club, which got a, a pilot on, say, uh, like, on Adult when Swim. When Adult Swim first started, they, they ordered, like I think, one pilot a year. Uh-huh. They passed on Welcome to Eltingville. 
and aired the pilot yeah. every three weeks for an entire year. It's goddamn fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it would have been such a hit. It really would have been. They've. Uh, I remember. I just especially now. Yeah. I hate being nostalgic for something I feel like was fairly recent, but uh, Adult Swim is more than a decade. I know, old. I, but like it started up in Adult Swim, everybody out of the pool, and like yeah. I just remember. Well, it was Louis C.K. Doing That's all right. their promos. Up no next, welcome, welcome to Eltingville. Like it's Louis C.K. <laughs> I remember no. watching that uh, in the two week. The show started two weeks before nine eleven, and then <laughs> um, and then the world lost its sense of humor. Yes, mm-hmm. and Adult Swim had to be a lot more sensitive for about four. Then years. irony was declared dead, which mm-hmm. is really ironic if you think about it. <laughs> Hold on, let me hit this for a little bit. Uh, you are uh, uh, Michael. Have you read anything? Uh, I have, actually. Um, I've been working my way through uh, the trade paperbacks for Unwritten and also House of Mystery. I've definitely heard of Unwritten, but could you explain (laughs) it to me? Uh, Unwritten is like this this really kind of weird series where uh, the main character is basically... uh, His father wrote a series of books that are Mm -hmm. a thinly veiled analog to Harry Potter. And he has the same name as the character from the books, and mm-hmm. everybody identifies him with this character, and it's kind of ruined his life to the point where he can't escape from this. But then it turns out that hes it's actually all part of this plan uh, to basically get him identified with the character in the eyes of the public so that he can sort of go to war with this secret uh, conspiracy that's been controlling the world through stories for millennia. Huh. And ah. the, the whole idea is that like if people believe he's the character then he has the powers of that character. Ah. Because belief is is stronger than anything. That sounds pretty cool. Who's the uh, writer and artist? I forget. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> is it a uh, Dr. Seuss? It's, it's a, I know it's, it's a bunch of different artists. I forget who the writer is. Is it a Vertigo book? Possibly. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> I'll yes. I'll Google it. We have the internet. Vertigo, possibly Dark Horse. I don't know. I, I don't pay as much attention to this stuff as I used to. Well, House of Mystery Screw I know content is, creators. Uh, I, House of Mystery I know is a Vertigo book. Yeah, well, it's it's like a is spin-off it an anthology of or, Yeah, that's it's I, It's... Sort of an anthology, and that like there's a framing story about mm. this uh, girl named Fig. Vertigo is un- unwritten as Vertigo. Yeah, it's Vertigo. Okay. Oh wait, did, uh, so are Cain and Abel in it? If yes. Uh, all right. And that the House of Mystery is actually owned by Cain, but he doesn't come into the story until a few volumes in. Mm. But the the whole thing is like around this framing story. Like people will come into the House of Mystery, which has been converted into a tavern, and they pay for drinks with stories. And so each of the stories is like them by a different artist and it's like radically was a different. Man from Nantucket. And and it's like the the whole idea is that the House of Mystery is like some sort of nexus of worlds, so people come in from all kinds of different realities. Hmm. Here's a fun trivia fact for you, Michael. Okay. Uh, did you know Cain and Abel are uh, the specifically the versions that appeared in Sandman did mm-hmm. exist before Sandman? Really? Yes, in that the seventies. In the seventies, the Kane, that specific version, those specific versions of Cain and Abel, were the stars of the framing devices for anthology series House of Mysteries and House of Secrets. Really. <laughs> and uh, Neil Gaiman was a fan of both of those, and so when he uh, what? Uh, I just love it when uh, you say Gaiman. Neil Gaiman was a fan of both those series. As a, as a younger man, and so when he started doing Sandman, he's, he wanted to connect it to those two. And so. I kind of imagine that that would have been like one of his early works. Uh, kind of. I think he actually sort of put, pitched Sandman as almost a, a spin-off of House of Mystery. So who, who published House of Mystery and House of Secrets? DC. In the oh. 70s, DC had a, had a weird array of comics. Like They, they tried mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Well, like Sandman was plugged into the DC universe in weird ways. Like yeah. if you read the first volume, like it's directly connected. Like they talk about superheroes. Well, same with uh, well, it was kind of in the same vein as Swamp Thing that it just they he created it to um, he there wasn't a Vertigo. He so mm-hmm. it had to be a DC book. It just was in the shadowy corner of DC. I'll, I'll then, never get another opportunity to say this. I'll be get right back to it. I didn't actually like. When Spider Man is dying and the Ultimate Spider Man and calls out to the Teen Titans, mm-hmm. what? Like somebody saved me, uh, the Avengers, Human Torch, the Teen Titan, uh, oh. Crush Mash, Death. So it's the Teen Tit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
That's cute. I did, but it wasn't the time for cuteness and crossovers. I'm He's like, always joking. I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm not ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> ben just wanted to keep it, have him joking all the time, man. Uh, oh, anyway, so yeah, Sandman, up until I think issue 20, was just a DC book. And then it was so popular that Karen Berger pitched to the rest of DC like uh, execs. We should just have our own line for grown-up books. Sandman is selling awesome. Let's make hmm. it the the uh, champion of the of the series like, or of the whole of the line. Sure, and that's what they did. Cool. Uh, all Actually, right. These on I found them on Comicsology. No collected editions on Comicsology. I bet on Amazon. Maybe you could what? have Sandman? better luck. Of unwritten. I'm sorry. Of uh, unwritten. Oh, okay. I uh, forgot you were talking about a completely different story. <laughs> oh, didn't you also finish the uh, Scalped? Uh, I haven't actually read the last volume. What the yet. fuck, to, man? Oh, I'm sorry. But well, you did get it People for Christmas. People get busy. No, I didn't. You didn't you get it for Christmas? No, I didn't. I thought you told your family. To I did. They didn't come through for me. Well, I've so been meaning you... to buy the Kindle edition just okay. because I don't need another graphic novel. I can you lend wanna... you mine yeah, still yeah, if you yeah. want it. This is this is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> we're just uh, they they you know the people get to hear that we're friends. Yeah, that yeah. we like to share. We loan each other books. You guys should yeah. hang out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, news guys. Kaboom! <laughs> What's in the news? Well, first off. Jimmy Olsen is a girl? What? <laughs> what? Wait. That sounds like a 60s Superman cover. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think it was about seven different Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Olsen pet covers. But, uh, yeah, so people are thinking that uh, Jimmy Olsen is now a lady in the mm. new Man of Steel. Uh, based on the fact that in the cast list they couldn't find a Jimmy Olsen. Oh, but they in the saw movie. A woman, yeah, in the new Man of Steel film. Uh, that they couldn't find a Jimmy Olsen in the cast. They could find a woman listed as like Jay Olsen. And then in the reason... I have to confess. Mm. I tried out for the part. <laughs> Would you like to hear a line? Sure. What a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I, was almost there. I was in the final running. That's okay. They'll regret their decision. Thank you. Thank you. The Justice League movie. Michael's giving me a standing ovation, and now it's getting awkward as he stares at me and claps slower. I would pay for this to end. <laughs> so in the so people finally freeze framed in the newest trailer for Man of Steel that there's a shot of it just seem like people running away, but then you pause and like, no, that's Perry White, aka Morgan. Mm. I mean Lawrence Fishburne. I almost Morgan did Fishburne. The, mm. Almost did the joke. People, I'm insulted, Henry. Yes. You know who I am. Anyway, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White is running from something. That's and better. He's got a <laughs> and he's got a young lady with him who even has like the cub reporter badge that Jimmy Olsen carries. So. Mm. So not only do we have a black Perry White, but we have a woman, uh, Jimmy Olsen. If it's... Thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? A black Nick Fury? <laughs> if it sets any precedent, I believe up until Wolverine, Jimmy Olsen was the character to appear as that comic character in the most movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. All four Superman and Supergirl, making for five. Ugh. Tied now by no Hugh Jackman, <laughs> uh, thanks to First Class a throwaway but great sequence mm-hmm. featuring the worst fucking music of it. Somebody go watch First Class again and tell me that montage music of James McAvoy and uh, Michael Fassdicker going around recruiting X-Men isn't the worst montage music you've ever heard. The Fassbender is awesome. Though. Oh no, he's great. I think it's pronounced Fuck Dicker. Fuck Dicker, my yes. bad. Remember right. you guys saw that after a day in ma- ma- zombie makeup? Yeah. Do you recall oh, that? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that was... Long, I, I was really out of it. You were pretty exhausted. Yeah. Oh, when you guys, I, I've I, been, we'd been like filming since like five a.m. We shot a zombie we, movie with a video game company for Dead mm-hmm. Island. It's called Dead Island Origins. It's out, there. Secret mm-hmm. Origins. It's out there, uh, and I can't blame anybody because I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was in zombie makeup the whole time, and it was the most miserable experience of my life. I but at it. least I was standing next to my friends, and we were on what looked like a big movie set. And it was fun. And then the last day was when they all got bit and turned to zombies. Spoiler. Uh, and then 
All of them are cranky babies. <laughs> and uh, all <laughs> when you've had to and, be in makeup, and I've been for in makeup the straight. whole time. Like yeah. I had to be on set well, at four a.m. and I got to leave at eight because it took an hour to take my makeup I was, off. I was better able to relate to you after that last day because, like, yeah, I had to get there super early. I had to sit there in the chair for an hour. And if I may, and it was super uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. The whole day. Well, I mean, I just started getting having fun with um, the makeup people because they were they were super fun and funny to be around. Mm-hmm. And it, there was we were actually that day we were shooting in the restaurant. And it's like, well, this make it was like no shit Hollywood makeup, mm-hmm. and we're shooting in a restaurant, and it's like, you gotta get these lights out of here, and like all these, no air, and so they, I was sweating. I don't, I've never had that experience of sweating down your forehead into your eye and, and nose, but the sweat catches on makeup, Ooh. and pools mm-hmm. and congeals uh, around yeah. your face, and like you want to scratch, but you can't because then you'll have to go off and put glue on, and people will yell at you. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! It was it, like that was the closest, one of the closest I've ever been to madness. <laughs> like sitting on that super hot set, recording, and like just yeah. Michael Brett, get your fucking lines and let me move on. I have to wear a hoodie the whole time, and it's 105 degrees in here. We decided on this wardrobe. <laughs> But then uh, if we had to wear that, that was the other thing. We had to wear jackets because they yeah. couldn't afford to do uh, makeup on our arms. <laughs> <laughs> no one's supposed to know that. And you had to run. You had to run around on the beach all oh, this, day. This is this day. is the commentary track. We yeah. should do a commentary track. We for were that. supposed We'd to probably get sued. No one. It's weird to, to do. It would be weird to do one now. Most no one else but you works there. That's true. Uh, but. After you experienced all that, you had new appreciation for Jennifer Lawrence and what she was going through in that Mystique role, right? And, like, oh, going yeah, going through uh, yeah. getting that makeup on. It oh, made, and you're oh watching, yeah, I remember that. I, I saw that. It's like that, that's all I could think. It's like that must have taken mm-hmm. so long to apply every day, yeah. and then to get off again. Instead of appreciating and, her hot body, you yeah. had to go like that. And getting makeup off is is arguably worse than getting it on. Yes, it sucks because because, like, because you're exhausted. You rip it off your face. It's, it's a finish desperate. line you can see, and it's it still takes another hour. Yeah. And I, I developed respect for. Uh, I, I cannot. I hope I didn't say this before. Uh, I was obviously like most of you watched all the behind the scenes features in Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. and they, the guy who played Theon, and he, uh, he's. Super old in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we ran into this big difficulty because actor who played Than <laughs> said he wouldn't wear makeup. And I'm like, wouldn't wear makeup? You're cast in Lord of the Rings, you fucking asshole. Like, so we had to dye tea leaves and gently lay them on his face to make him look <laughs> old. And, like, they had to figure out all these, like, practical ways because he refused to wear makeup. And then I, I remember... Maybe even, he's allergic? Even standing up, like, what a fucking dick. You know what fucking <laughs> privilege it is to be paid this much to be in Lord of the Rings? And then they're like, oh, I get it. Like, two, <laughs> like two, two more of these, I would it would be in my contract to never wear makeup ever again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, other news. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. that was a fun conversation. A we wildly should, off-topic fun conversation. We should let ourselves have fun conversations. Indeed, indeed, indeed. LaserTypePodcast.com. Uh, man, could you guys... This has nothing to do with comic books, but could you fucking believe it? Uh, Ralph Nader called video games electronic child molesters. Yeah, but he... Ralph Nader's still alive? Yes. yes. Still as alive. Not relevant. Still alive. As the person who voted for him, and I'm not trying to defend that, because it was a dumb statement, but he's also... He's, he's, the same, a, he's a stupid old man. No, he's like well, 107. But he's the same kind of guy who was uh, who didn't like cartoons. Yes. And he, like he's a humorless old man. What do you expect? It's it's a little bit of that, but it's like it's not intellectual or high art, and that's basically his criticism. Mm. And it's occupying a bunch of your kids' time. Uh, mm-hmm. As the most yeah. interesting thing always will. That movie. The, what was it? They should be reading An Unreasonable Man. An Unreasonable Man was a very good movie mm-hmm. that uh, reminded me why I both hate and love Ralph Nader. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh God. Whatever, Obama freak. <laughs> anyway, guys. Uh, I'd vote for Wayne LaPierre if he ran for president. <laughs> oh, one other super. I'd vote for his gun. He'll protect my toys. We're not going to uh, get into uh, that. You started no, this. We're not. Gonna, there's one thing I want to say, like, because it's just important because all this talk about like gun laws and Obama uh, taking away guns. Like, um, I am for the bare bare minimum 
of gun control mm-hmm. because it involves taking your guns, motherfucker. Oh, we're going to take your guns. Oh, shit. Lock up tight. Lock and load, bitch. We are taking your guns. If I have to see any more Facebook posts about us taking your guns, I'm going to go get them. I want to take your guns so fast. Taking your guns. Grow the fuck up. Jesus. No one's coming for your stupid toys. Let it go. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take you. All right. You know, maybe we should take a break. Uh, then we come back. The return of superhero spotlights and the answers to your answers to last week's question and then this week's question. Jesus. See you back on the other side. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis. We're here in the break, as usual, telling you what's so great about LaserTimePodcast.com, our host site. If you like the show and you'd love to help us uh, stay free, there's so many different ways you can help us. On the left-hand side of the screen, if you go to LaserTimePodcast.com, there's a donate button. You can give us some money through PayPal. A little below that, there's a link to our t-shirt shop where you just buy some t-shirts from us give us a little little scratch that way and then if you'd like to help without spending any extra money on the right side of the screen you'll see an amazon tab with a bunch of links to amazon products you don't even have to buy what you click on there just buy anything through that amazon link and the money a little teeny tiny bit of money comes back to us and it all adds up and really helps us out so if you can do that please do also, if you listen to us on iTunes, I hope you're subscribing. Every subscriber is an awesome new member of our army, our Cape Crisis army. And uh, if you're subscribing, also please, 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 please review us and give us a star rating, a five-star rating if at best. I would hope so, uh, because that really helps us in our rankings on iTunes. And now, last but not least, it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. So, uh, this week's pick of the week is going to be, as I mentioned it earlier in the show, the Captain Marvel comic, uh, written by one of the few, unfortunate few women writing in uh, mainstream comics these days, Kelly Sue McCormick. It's a spinoff book from the Avengers, and it stars the former Ms. Marvel, now Captain Marvel, and she's a really cool, like, strong female character who doesn't ask permission. She's just a badass. I I really like her. And you don't see her in many uh, women like her in most superhero comics. And it's just good to support a a comic starring a woman. Like, you get very few opportunities to do that. So, if you'd like to pick it up, it's a really fun sci-fi adventure superhero book. If you'd like to pick up the first volume through Amazon on the lasertimepodcast.com, site you'll see the link to this week's episode and on there there's a link to buying it on amazon if you purchase it through there that would really help us out now back to the show avengers assemble get the money we gotta get the money get the money uncle scrooge's money get the money we gotta get the money get the money uncle scrooge's money they got one thought on their mind it haunts them all the time No matter how they try They always fail <laughs> But it's just as well Cause Uncle Scrooge is a careful man He's always one step ahead of their plan But they keep running, crawling, slipping and falling Trying to get Uncle Scrooge's money Running, crawling, slipping and falling Always trying to get Are recording. We are yes. back. Welcome back, everybody. Jesus. I was asleep. Yeah, Binky the Clown from Garfield. <laughs> oh, hey, man. kids! You know, now those jokes about Abu Dhabi have a different tone to them. 
those, uh, one of those pre also yeah, those now jokes about splut. Uh, canonically Garfield and John Arbuckle are at war with Abu Dhabi <laughs> that's why they keep sending Nermal there it's, he's a weapon <laughs> alright guys well as promised it's the second ever superhero spotlight alright guys so uh, in case you missed it, the one other time we did it, Superhero Spotlight is when we take an obscure character from comics mm-hmm. and talk about them and explain what's the deal, yo. Who do we have this week? This week is Madam Web. This was one of mine because I was... No, I, I, had, I know what the deal with her is. Well, I had definitely encountered her before, but then like reading up on uh, Amazing Spider-Man pre-Superior, mm-hmm. I definitely had lost all context of who she was and what she was capable of. I, I remember her mainly from the old Quest Probe Spider-Man text adventure. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Which is, like, you know, Spider-Man dying is, like, no big thing to me because in that game you just type die and he's like, <laughs> okay, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm in limbo. There are stairs leading down in a sign and you read the sign and it's like, be more careful next time. <laughs> this probably took, like, 60 minutes loading 900 tape drives. Yeah, yeah. You hear that whirring sound as the next graphic Slowed slowly, one bar at a time. <laughs> well, yeah. So, Madam Web is uh, for the longest time she was the magical lady of choice to show up and give Spidey mysterious uh, help. For, but, it, but it is only Spider Man, right? Yeah, yeah. She only really does it for Spider Man, and it had been kind of unclear for the longest time why she gave a shit about him over any other superhero. Was that clarified? Anywhere in the beginning, or did that take a long time? Well, when she was first introduced by, uh, so, uh, the regular writer of Amazing Spider-Man, Dennis Mm -hmm. O'Neill. Who could forget? Later, also known as Denny O'Neill, more famous as a Batman writer, he created Bane, he Mm -hmm. he wrote over, he was one of the the major Batman writer of the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when he wrote for Amazing Spider-Man, he introduced her, and he wanted her... She was just used as a plot device a couple times to be like, I'll show you which way to go, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but I know your secret identity, wink, <laughs> and uh, shit like that. But it uh, with Spidey, uh, but anyway, so then Roger Stern took over the book mm-hmm. in the 80s, and uh, when he took over, he didn't seem to have much care for Madame Web. She thought, I think he felt, uh, I like to think he felt she was very easy plot device yes. to just have she an- seems like mysterious answers m- mixes spit like with no fun yeah exactly and so instead he used her as like the central character in one of my favorite spider-man stories of all time huh. called unstoppable which with is chris pine and denzel washington <laughs> it was about a train that couldn't slow down <laughs> um no it was <laughs> it, no it uh yeah, that it little was, train that couldn't slow down grew up to be Madam Web. <laughs> now, so Spider, uh, it's when Spider-Man first fought the Juggernaut, who mm-hmm. up to that point had been a perfect, he'd just been a uh, an X-Men villain. Mm-hmm. And then he takes on Spider-Man, and it's a perfect, like, transfer. Like, Juggernaut is the unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is no chance of beating him, but Spider-Man won't give up. And mm-hmm. it, like, totally plays up Spider-Man's never-say-die attitude. And For, for a split second, I thought you were going to say that Spider-Man was the immovable object. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Spider-Man just didn't give up. Or maybe he was. Maybe he was the immovable object Ooh. in spirit. Uh, can I hit a Spider-Man sound effect as a sure. result of that epiphany? Totally forgot what we were talking about. Spider spirit. Well, he, he fight he fights a juggernaut in one of the the best two issues of Spidey ever. Like mm-hmm. Spider Man is totally in character. The arts by John Romita Jr. in his like uh, when he was starting out, great, 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 great comic. But then uh, in it, the juggernaut is tasked with getting. He wants to kidnap Madam Web. Mm-hmm. But uh, Madam Web, despite all her clairvoyance, she's attached to a web chair it's a really stupid she's attached to a spider chair is she old at this point she's very old okay she's classically madam web is an old lady Mm -hmm. old blind lady not what i last saw her if she's moved from a chair if she's moved from her life support chair she might die spider-man has to stop juggernaut from doing that he fails juggernaut moves her and then then afterwards juggernaut like what i can't even take her she's gonna die on the way fuck it just drops her and leaves and Spider-Man's like, you're going to pay for this juggernaut. You're going to pay. And by the end, 
Uh, so then by the end, though, uh, uh, Madam Web, she used to know Spider-Man's identity. She now forgot it. Mm-hmm. Her brain is fucked, and she's just in a coma. And so it was basically Roger Stern just like, I'm done with you, Madam Web. See you later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Madam Web kept coming back in the story. She eventually got back all her powers, and her powers normally are just, uh, you know, mind, mental abilities, mm-hmm. uh, like telepathy. And she is blind and old. The power of suggestion. Yes. And she knows who Spidey's secret identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then... So a woman. <laughs> and her name was Cassandra Webb. Mm-hmm. Get it? No. Of course it was. Cassandra? Mm-hmm. Huh? I don't the, get The Greek pl- uh, tragedy character Cassandra. Oh, let me alter that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when she came back into the Spider-Man world, she was, uh, I think one of her big, biggest parts was she was the mentor for Spider-Girl, the character mm-hmm. Maddie, whatever it was, that was introduced not by, not, not Let's woman, make girl, Spider-Girl as introduced by the hot, uh, not John the, Byrne. The less hot one. Yes. Uh, so she was mentor for her. Then after that, Madam Web like kind of went into the background until she was brought back for the pretty cool Grim Hunt gauntlet storyline that happened in uh, Brand New Day in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And in that, spoilers for Brand New Day if you haven't read it yet, she gets kidnapped and her predictive powers are used against her. They like She's being yes. tortured by Craven's wife mm-hmm. to reveal things and they even... Like, she's there when they murder Maddie. Like, they kill Maddie, the girl she had trained, mm-hmm. just to get her magic spider powers. And so, it was a really, it was a really, like, See why I like Ultimate Spider-Man? Scene. No. Yeah. So, anyway, that all that happens. And then, uh, Madam Web even gets killed. She yeah. gets her throat slit by uh, the Craven off wife, uh... Uh, in anger, but then Maven, Maven, I believe is her name. She then transfers Maven, Maven the Bunter. Maven speaking. <laughs> she uh, then in her last moments, Maven she, speaking teaches typing and slits throats. She transfers Cassandra transfers her powers to Jessica. Drew, Drew, nope, my bad. Uh, Jennifer, my bad. Jennifer something. Jennifer Beals. Carpenter. Beals. Jennifer Carpenter, oh. aka Spider Woman Two, who had been kind of like doing nothing because. Once they reintroduced regular Spider-Woman, they didn't mm. need Spider-Woman 2 anymore. So then she became the new Madam Web, a sexy young Madam Web. Mm-hmm. Still blind. Okay. Maybe blind. Well, she wore sunglasses. Yeah. I don't think she was blind. She wore Cyclops glasses. But she uh, she still keeps contacting Spider-Man. But then I think they came to the point where they realized Madam Web was, again, too easy of a cop-out. I think it's a terrible character. <laughs> so they've put her back into a coma. Currently, the new Madam Web is in a coma, too. <laughs> uh, comas are so useful, and they don't do anything. Nothing wrong happens in a coma. You don't get brain damage. You just you don't, you take a nap for uh, about a, a year of comics. You don't disappoint fans. You just say baby sleeping. I love hearing you talk about comics because it's like a soap opera, but more credible. <laughs> <laughs> Ever so slightly more credible. Strangely, I can relate to that more than like you had a divorce twice. How is it even possible? <laughs> Where do you find the time? Yeah, resurrected in the Lazarus pit. Get it. I'm cool. Uh, how do you, you come are... back from a divorce? I feel like that would ruin me. <laughs> All right. Uh, where was last week's question? It what was... The, um, what the fart balls? It's in the Laser Time Oh, there it is. I see, I see, I see. Stupid Windows phone can't find it. What hero would you Smallville eyes? As in, we talked about uh, how there's going to be a new... Might be a new Smallville-style series for Wonder Woman. There already is one for the Green Arrow called Arrow. So basically, Michael, it was... What what character would you like to see during their youth right, yeah, for I, up I, to ten seasons? I know what Smallville is. I know you know what Smallville is, but it's, <laughs> it's more important that like it was all pre-Superman. Because yeah, for the ten years during ten which years. they are 16. Yes. <laughs> for ten years. But what character do you think could sustain that? Hmm. Or that you'd like to see? So, starting off with our I first... I want to hear what Michael... Oh, what, Michael. I'm, I'm thinking. Oh, you're thinking. All right. You starting off with our first responder, Lucky Seven, says Deadpool. 
Deadpool could really work on a tighter budget on a TV show as long as they don't skimp on the gore and hire good enough comedy writers. Deadpool's not that gory since, luckily, a full-bodied costume covers most blood spurts. Well, it's when he shoots other people. It, it is, but like, I'm guessing it took him a while to build up to that. The old Merc with the Mouth probably didn't start out by firing into people's guts. Uh, but That's true. It, but I like Brett's suggestion last last time was Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange's origin stories tells that he's been learning this craft his whole life. Therefore, perhaps he, I'm not saying it would be interesting. Interesting, but he he's been in the process of being Doctor Strange his whole that life. Sounds pretty interesting. He didn't he didn't become him overnight or with a spider bite. Right. Uh, let's see here. Obviously, a douche says Aquaman, if done right, could be good, but it'd be way too, way too easy to mess up. Inexpensive. It'd be very expensive. How you can make all that hair float? Uh, <laughs> this is an interesting one. Keltar93 says, My choice is Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. Uh, Rick's teenage years were presumably like any other, but the show would essentially be just another teen high school drama, albeit with lots of heavy-handed zombie foreshadowing. You know, yeah, if someone from that show went on to produce a cliched high school drama, they should just name the character Rick Grimes. And like, <laughs> you, know, you, you know what? You got walking the fence probably won't be interested in the watch anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, we've got uh, the guy in Nebraska who still listens to this. Somebody, somebody said Lobo, though. Would it be possible to smallville Marvel zombies? Because if they can, then someone who should make it happen, please. Who said uh, Lobo? Um, Lobo. Lobo. T- Taser Lime said Lobo. Hmm. And uh, I think Tanry agreed. Lobo would be interesting. Yeah, like I'm, I have no idea what occurred to Lobo pre-17 years old. Uh, let's see. He killed all the rest of his race. I know that. Yeah. That's why he's the one of a kind. But that's the second season finale. <laughs> uh, Pedo Bearclaw, good old Pedo Bearclaw, he mm-hmm. says, I can't say it enough, Runaways would work awesomely. A yeah. lot of effects that could be done practically, except for that giant well, and they don't uh, require, dinosaur. And they don't require prequel liberties. There is a giant dinosaur they have to deal Not with. Not a giant dinosaur. Well, a dinosaur. Size. He's the same size as Yoshi in the Mario Brothers movie. He reminds me of him every time. Uh, what's that? Gertrude? Is that? Or no, that's his mask. Gertie. Gertie. That's right. Uh, let's see. Laser J twenty one says cyborg. You can throw the rest of the Teen Titans in once in a while, but I'd really rather just be cyborg. Would just star the football team? <laughs> yeah. He had like the, he had like the most glamorous, cliched life in the world, didn't he? The, that to make his fall. All the my dad's game. a doctor, and I'm the captain of the football team, and. You're really interesting to watch your show. <laughs> like this, the Superman of 90210. Uh, Yufu X says, Mogo the Living Planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'd yes. like to see him in his first 20 Oh, uh, I just want to see a planet go through puberty. Yeah. Is it, or, unless that's what's happening right now and I'm living through it. Mm-hmm. How about Modoc? Modoc is a whiny teenager. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I Eat Children also says he'd like to see a Daredevil series. Oh, so would I. And uh, would, it, would it end when he gets hit on the head with that canister and stricken blind? <laughs> yes. Well, it, what? 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 How old was he in your mind when that happened? I don't know. Teenager. I, I guess? see. I thought. I thought way younger 20s? than that. Like. In his, he he was he was twelve. He was like twelve. Was he twelve? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I mean I was I even thinking he was like eight. To be older. Maybe eight. Well, it shifts around. It does. Uh, in Frank Miller's version, he's a child, and hmm. as much as I don't like Frank Miller these days, I would say I I go with him. You know, the Ninja Turtles were officially born out of Daredevil's origin story. Hmm? That. In the in uh, the the Ninja Turtles origin story, that, oh yes, uh, yes, the, the canister that bounced off of Daredevil's head, rendering him blind, then crashed into the sewer. That's right, and created the Ninja Turtles. Wait, 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 hold on, really? Yes, I thought um, this is going off of Michael it's, Bay's. It's not official, official, but that they've pretty much said, like, yeah, that's what we intended. But Michael Bay's defense, I, I, I'm not saying I knew this ahead of time. Was that the remember when like they're not. Teenager mutant, they're aliens. And, yeah, but and somebody, somebody's stupid. But somebody stood up for that and said that, that no, the origin of the alien, the ooze was always alien. Mm-hmm. According to the I don't agree with that. That's true. It's the TCRI aliens. So, like, 
So the same canister that hit Daredevil and his dad was from... No, the joke. It was a joke in the first issue. It was was their their idea of a sly reference. Oh, man. Uh, Okay, then lastly, I want to read this one, Hurricane, because he says... Here comes a story from the Hurricane. (laughs) Mostly because Hurricane says, Henry never cares about stuff past the second page. Uh Ah-ha. Well, this is on the third page, and I'm reading it. Uh, He says he'd like to see a Band of Brothers-esque type show about... The the invaders, the Marvel uh, oh. World War Two superheroes, and, and who would be teenaged in that one? That's I think that would great. be pretty cool. Why don't they just do more miniseries in general? I don't understand that. They cost a lot of money and you can't monetize them. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? The History Channel plays them every fucking week. Well, maybe for Band of Brothers. For but. yes, because it's a high budget, well done miniseries. So, I'll shut up. This is not <laughs> comics' fault. Uh. All right, so. This week's question of the week. Uh, oh, I want to answer oh. it. Oh, yes, Michael, your answer. Bizarro. Ooh. <laughs> Re- like redo that. his origin story so he's not an imperfect clone of Superman. He is an Bizarro autistic world. kid oh. who am not dyslexic. Oh, boy. <laughs> who am or not? Well, uh, I don't know. I always imagine Bizarro has to take, be somewhat of a mirror frame of what Superman is at any given time. Mm-hmm. Or is it the other way around? I think I think he just tries really hard on purpose to be the opposite of Superman. Oh, like Oscar the Grouch? Uh, sure. <laughs> I hate love garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. He also has a magical garbage can that can hold dozens of elephants. Mm-hmm. But he he also has uh, was it freeze vision and heat breath? Yes. Yeah. Okay, guys. Question of this week. So. Actually, coming out of Chris's discussion about guns, I was thinking about this this weekend anyway. Was so you know what I think is funny with uh, Captain America is that he uh, what what his shield represents Mm -hmm. his shield. So he's America, right? He's got the Mm -hmm. shield, and they say like, "Here's your shield. Defend yourself from this is just for defense. Defend yourself from what's coming. It'll protect you." And then all he does is use it as a weapon. A He's like, this is my defense. Wham, throw it at you. I Take think, this, buddy. I think buddy. the sound effect is wink. <laughs> wink. And then what's the sound when he catches it? Fap. It is always fap. <laughs> it is always But fap. yeah, like he, so he beats people up with his defense. I just... <laughs> mm-hmm. So the question is about... That's what, America for yeah. you. The question is about what themes of the spirit of America do you... No, it's... Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's... Uh, <laughs> No, it's about uh, it's about what weapons that uh, superheroes have that you would love to have. Which mm. which would you want to use? And you could even have the, uh, the Captain America shield, as I mentioned. What would be my uh, favorite? Well, I hate to be predictable, but the web Spider-Man's shooters. Web yeah, shooter. as pointed out recently in a, in a really cool cracked video mm-hmm. about why Spider Man is terrible, which was I thought was really funny. The web this is shooters. one of the scientific possibilities of being able to hold his weight and stick to surface. No, no, no. This none, none of that. They're no. talking about why, why, like for example, why doesn't Spider-Man tell his family members his secret identity? Yeah, you don't tell your enemies about your secret identity because they'll murder your family. But maybe your family members should be ready for someone might find out your secret Fuck identity. Look at that. They have never read Ultimate Spider-Man. Everything they know compromises them. <laughs> Yep. Seriously, if, if they know that they, they may become a target, because they they will be a lot weaker under interrogation than Spider-Man will. Yes, mm, that's true. Yes, their their argument is faulty. Therefore, their entire website is invalid. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a point out that the web shooters are awesome because you don't even need them to swing around. They're a perfect non-lethal crime prevention device. You just spray that web on anybody; they are just stopped, held neat. in place. And unless somebody is as strong as, like, the thing, they're not going to break that. So, yeah, web shooters. What do you need? Even though I would, I mean, you can't, you can't swing around on them without dislocating your shoulder the first fucking time you do it. Unless you're, like, super, an Olympian, but whatever. Well, um, I don't have the abilities, mm-hmm. but I would really enjoy Flash's suit. Why? I, from a from a practical purpose? Uh, well, no, no not the. Fr- well, there's a lot of things it doesn't do. It doesn't seem to catch on fire. It's resistant to heat. Yeah. But more importantly, like every time I see him turn from Barry or Wally 
and shoot it out of his ring. Uh-huh. It reminds me of being late to work and how I wish I could <laughs> fire something out of my face with like the Flintstones music going <laughs> and just all of a sudden be in a suit. And that one that doesn't stink and that never that never gets tattered. I mean, I wish I had a suit that morphed my body like an Autobot. That sounds that nice. sounds, that sounds very, I, I mean, I was trying to avoid Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. But then I don't really think of anything I could do with Thor, Thor's hammer. Well, if the hammer could transform you into Thor. But what if you're not peace? worthy? What if you're not worthy? Then you just have a hammer you can't pick up. I'm still in the ultimate universe. Anybody can wield it. Eh, I don't like that. That's gay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Uh, Punisher's guns. <laughs> we well, can get because, those anywhere. Because firearm coefficients make that kind of accuracy impossible. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised nobody said uh, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he has every weapon. Well, that's not what the question Batman's was. Batman's utility one. belt. You said magical. a one? I definitely right. want uh, Bat Shark Repellent. That was definitely in the show. He used it right before Bat Earplugs. I'd like his grapple gun that he uses all the time yeah, in, that's pretty uh, great. in the show. In the animated series, anyway. I want the little bag that Gru carries on his belt. <laughs> Just because, as the writers have pointed out, it contains whatever he needs for any specific situation at the time. Basically, Felix the Cat's bag. Basically, also. yeah. Although I've never seen him actually use it. It was just a question readers always ask. It's like, what's in his bag? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> little mm-hmm. Whatever we it. want to be there. So answer that question in the old forums uh, for this week. And... About the numbering, you know what? This is episode 41. Did we not have an episode 39? Maybe so, but let's just call the year in episode. Last week's episode, Brett said it was 40. I agree that it was 40. I numbered it 40. Technically, it was 39 in number, but I'm. we're just going to say the year in episode was 39. This is 40. That was 40. This is 41. So I was really so confused. Uh, Don't worry about it, Chris. <laughs> My bad. What did just I do wrong? Just repeat to yourself. It's just a show. All you right. Should really, really just relax. Anyway, so I guess we're at the end, guys. Mm. Uh, another fantastic show that satisfied everyone. Uh, sexually. Yes, only sexually. Um, so, Chris, I think you had a fantastic oh, Laser Time. LaserTimePodcast.com. I know if you look at it, it's like, hey, it's about disco. Man, none of us know a fucking thing about disco. We're not fans of disco. It's just a bunch of awesome things we dug up from very old sources that are guaranteed to make you laugh. A uh, bunch of and some Marvel stuff in there too, including mm. uh, Stan Lee arguing with Jack Kirby in what Mike Grimm called uh, the nation's first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, Michael, I think you have nothing at the moment. I have something uh, coming up that we've teased in the past, <gasps> and it's it's going forward soon. Uh, keep it on Laser Time. So lasertime.com? Lasertimepodcast.com. And then Lasertime Show on Facebook and Lasertime Show on Twitter. And you can also get your fill of Mike uh, Lopez on MacLife. No, you can't, because I barely write anything for that site. But you can find me on Twitter at Wikiparas. Yeah, exciting. So, until next week, Excelsior! Excelsior!